Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 89, Collective. Now, that's one title we could have chosen from among many. We toyed with coercion or correction or crypto. Uh, Maybe even carnival might have been appropriate. But nevertheless, we've decided to title this one Collective. A couple of reasons for that. Number one is it seems our tyrannical march to tyranny continues on. It uh, just marches on towards socialism and the socialistic ideal that uh, many in our halls of power wish to see implemented. In addition to that, those who are supposedly ideologically and politically opposed to such things are merely putting up feeble little fights, uh, spitting into the wind, doing nothing of real importance. And I suspect a lot of that has to do with their cushy jobs and and perhaps maybe outright corruption. So um, that's why we've chosen Collective for today. And there's another reason. Uh, you'll see as we go on, I have a little statement a little later about that. Let me... Um, advise you if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to expand or you're wishing to start up an entrepreneurial business, trust me, I haven't been drinking. But anyway, if you're going to get a business loan, do it now. Do it quickly because the Fed uh, will be, and have indicated very strongly, they'll be increasing interest rates to try to stem the tide of inflation although I think that horse is out of the barn. In fact, that horse is out of the county by now. But nevertheless, they're going to make their little uh, bureaucratic attempts to look like they're doing something. Uh, So be prepared for rising interest rates as we go forward. Um, One of the reasons I call this collective is I uh, read a number of business letters uh, newsletters, things of that nature. I per- peruse a lot of business news on various websites and so forth. And what I'm wondering is, do investment newsletters follow the common narrative just like the mainstream media do? In other words, I've seen in the past week a a certain number, two or three major threads flowing through nearly all of the newsletters and business sites I read. Uh, It's almost like they're meeting in a bar after hours and have decided uh, on a consensus and they share it with us. Or does the fact that so many of them discuss the same things imply that there are great opportunities available to us in the investing world just because so many uh, clever people see them and identify them? Or merely, is it a confirmation bias? In other words, as these different people agree on something and suggest it, the mere fact that maybe they're they're getting into the game could raise the value of those things and we end up with a positive short-term outcome because they all seem to agree without... Um, I don't know, without any real 
fundamentals behind it. So as, as I go forth to share some of these articles with you today, um, maybe you'll detect a sense of um, consistency and how do I go to collaboration, maybe, maybe a strong word, but it, it seems to me that that's uh, something we're looking at right here. Before uh, we go any further, since I'm recording this and presenting it to you and posting it on uh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter, for those of you who are the uninitiated, um, 40% of Americans believe we are living in the end times. Um, that was from Prophecy News Watch, an article I read or a, a newsletter I read occasionally. But if you can imagine, 40% of Americans believe we are now in the end times that I would hazard to guess half of those don't know what the end times are or could describe them for you in any reasonable fashion. Uh, David Stockman tells Doug Casey's International Man from... Uh, Friday the 15th. Oh, there's a lovely day, April 15th. One of my favorites. Fortunately, this year it was the 18th, just so our brains don't get grooved in fear. Anyway, uh, Stockman says the inflationary hell is about to break loose. Uh, I would argue that if we're not in hell yet, our feet are getting warm. So uh, I, I, I would agree with him, but on the other hand, um, I expect something radical and dramatic and so forth to be done by government and all that. Maybe not to um, allow us to fall into hell, but to gradually put us into a slow burn over a long period of time. At least I hope that's what they do. Let's call it a soft landing going forward. And then what I when I talked about many of the investors being on the same page or at least sharing similar things, the, the two biggest issues or items that I found discussed in the newsletters and websites I read were EVs, electric vehicles, electronic vehicles, if you will, and uh, crypto, obviously. Crypto's always been a big thing, um, still is. People are trying to get a handle on that market. As you well know, Bitcoin and Ethereum are the biggies, but there are a number of other performing ones out there. And beyond that, there are more new ones popping up on the scene, you know, ranging anywhere from a buck to two bucks, five bucks, you know, 73 cents, what have you, all over the market. And so some of these people who consider themselves experts in the crypto market are picking out winners and losers at the low end of the scale. Uh, I, I would urge you, if you're not into the crypto game right now and you decide to enter, remember you are taking a risk, particularly on these newer ones. And given the way government is getting a little edgy and concerned about the crypto market, I'd also be aware of anything coming down in the future where government may inject itself somehow, some way uh, into the crypto world. But nevertheless, uh, it may be a good way for you to use few dollars and maybe reap some significant gains. Anyway, um, talking about the EVs, uh, I understand there's a new uh, forever battery that has been designed. I wish I could tell you who did it. 
but it's coming. Uh, one of the investor newsletters that I subscribe to, I subscribe to the cheap seats. I don't buy the box seats in that one. And the disclosure of who the developer is and the name of the product uh, is in the box seats. So I'm considering seriously buying a seat in a box seat so I can discover this, although I don't want to be sorely disappointed, so maybe I'll wait this one out. But anyway, it's a forever battery uh, that will make EV cars uh, cost-efficient going forward. One thing I would add to that, if I had an unencumbered $20 million, I would take the person who designed that battery and then I would get an automotive engineer from one of the major companies or hire him away from one of the companies. And then I would also get a, an engineer to work with me to develop a battery that charges itself because you got to figure when you got four wheels moving in motion that you ought to be able to generate some kind of energy charge for the battery. And maybe that's what this concept is. I'm not sure. Um, the point is, uh, if it is a forever battery that does charge itself going down the road, that's great. That's wonderful. Now, let's flip back and go to the replacement cost of that battery. As you know, that's one of the uh, marks right now against the current EV batteries as they're so costly to, to replace. In addition to that, uh, most of these new batteries are, are lithium-based, which is becoming radically expensive. And hopefully they can come up with a new uh, mineral base or, or metal base, whatever, that is cheaper, uh, more accessible, and just as effective. Now, I don't know about this. I'm not a, I'm not a physicist. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a, a geologist. But I, I've long been an advocate of thorium for nuclear reactors because it, it burns better, it's cleaner, and isn't destructive to, to store the waste. It doesn't burn you down uh, like, like current nuclear waste, uranium-based and plutonium-based waste does. And so maybe thorium, if, if, like I said, if I had a large chunk of money available right now, I would I would consider trying to find a means to use thorium uh, in the battery process and then integrate it with those other things so I could have that self-charging battery that's cheaply built, would last for a number of years, and then is uh, inexpensively replaced. But that's me. I'm not a big, you know, I love my gasoline, diesel, fuel-powered vehicles, but it seems to me that as long as we have tyrannical government in place, uh, we're going, as long as we have high fuel cost prices, we're going to have uh, pressure to switch over to EVs. I still think it's not cost effective to plug them into the garage every night, but we'll see where that goes. There's a whole lot to be decided and a whole lot of improvement that has to be made in that field, in my view, for them to be effective. Plus, I wonder how many passengers are going to get run over because the cars are so silent. It could be a death issue, you know, could be a health and safety risk that we maybe have to look out for. Uh, I look at the or 
Organic Consumers Association, Organic Bites every week, as you know, many of you know. And they've got a couple of articles I'd recommend to you. This is from Saturday the 16th. COVID dictators, what they got and what we lost. And then uh, they talk about the hazards of uh, synthetic biology and things of that nature. I'd look at some of those also about, again, they rail about the toxins that, that go into making, producing, and packaging uh, our our food, our fast food, and our frozen foods and things of that nature. So you may want to check that out. Luke Lango's Hypergrowth Investing. Uh, he he has the latest one from Saturday. He has the all-electric Porsche 911, and he talks about this uh, forever battery in there. And so it's something you may want to pursue. And they say one in six new cars in the world will be electric by 2025. Okay, that's what they say. Uh, that doesn't count Cuba, by the way. Cuba hasn't yet merged into the 1970s, so we'll see how that sh- shapes out. And Cuba may be the only place to go buy a car at some point in life. So the crypto market appears to be making a comeback after some sharp losses early in the year. So we'll see where that's going. Uh, that's from another Luke Lango uh, piece called Investor Place. That was on Saturday the 16th. And uh, so that's something you may want to be aware of if you're looking at crypto. It has been a volatile market, to say the least. And uh, I think it, it, if we were to track the volatility in crypto, and I'm speculating here, just a a, a a glance at it. If we retract the volatility of crypto, I think it would reflect what's going on in the regular markets. As the regular markets seem to become more risky and have difficulties, commodities, stock markets, what have you, people may look to crypto as a hedge or a place to hide. So oh, that's just my sense of it. I probably ought to do that uh, that examination more thoroughly going forward. Maybe I will by next week. Anyway, hey, listen, I hope you have a very blessed Sunday, a blessed weekend, and uh, take care. Live free, stay free, and be free. I'm Charlie Earle.